I'm moving into aspects of spiritual alchemy. And I want to start out by making something very clear about this. It's easy for me to say that the majority of teachers out there today are not teaching others how to connect with and activate the thought process that contributes to an awakening. But the truth is that those of us who study occult knowledge and spiritual Gnosticism are in fact being taught actually anyone learning about the chakra system, learning how to cast circles, uh, what the five points of the pinnacle mean, basic stuff, you're all learning exactly what you need to know in order to induce an awakening without realizing it. Even Christian Gnosticism teaches this, but we all get hung up on fundamentalist ideals and trapped in religions or are just taking these things way too literal to actually get out of them what they were meant for. Activation of the multidimensional self gives us a new perspective in which we can see both the metaphorical and the realistic aspects of what we are actually doing. It's like two sides of the same coin. The moment you choose a side, you lose sight of the coin completely. Acknowledging and activating the multidimensional self helps us to become the observer of the coin as opposed to being stuck on one side of the object. When we begin to study occultism and start making connections between symbolism from like one tradition to another, we find so many similarities in metaphorical descriptions and symbology, but it could take most of us years and years to see the bigger picture uh, that is being constructed of those dots we've connected. It's so important to always keep in mind that there's something more to learn. There's always the next level. Each tradition that teaches the same deeper gnosis in so many different ways derived from something older, okay? I mean, Hermeticism came about according to its stories through the teachings of Hermes Trismegistus, who had ascended to attain the knowledge of our origins, of multidimensionality, and of sorcery. But he wasn't the first person to do this, okay? And it's the passing of information from one to the other that has brought us these profound realizations. Every person who experiences ascension has their own truth to come face to face with. And while it seems clear at this point through recorded experiences in history, we all seem to come to the same ultimate truth. I think what has convoluted this truth over time is that we all interpret what we've personally experienced in such a different way further along in history given our own personal revelations and perceptions as the ultimate truth. And when we do this, we forget to teach the how instead of the truth that we found for ourselves. Now, I know that I have mentioned this somewhere uh, in a blog post, somewhere, I don't remember. Uh, I talked about what, what we are taught to believe when it comes to the state we are in as spiritual beings and physical bodies. I cannot stress enough to anyone that your physical condition does not dictate your spiritual journey. It can become important to us as far as life expectancy and for other reasons that we'll get into in time. But in honesty, it is a belief that can either heal or damage the physical body as all thoughts can do. And it can keep you from 
advancing spiritually, okay? Through the teachings of Trismegistus, we learn to observe the world as a mental universe. Through our practices, we condition the mind for creation based on the, the sentiment of the mental universe that what we think we create. For those of us who are seeking spiritually and are trying to attain this unrealistic standard that consumerist spiritual community has advertised to the point of making us sick, you have to let these unattainable goals go. These goals are fabricated intentionally to keep you coming back for more. Always thinking, I'm almost there, I have to try again. I have to do better at this or drink that or lose weight or work out so many hours a day or do yoga, blah, blah, blah. These things are after effects, all right? It's something that nearly every everyone who ascends comes to that moment when you have the clear knowing of what must be done to ensure that our bodies last for the tasks that we have here on earth. It has absolutely nothing to do with success in spiritual endeavors to an extent. And here's why I'm saying this. If you're struggling to attain a physical goal in order to open your third eye or activate your insert overuse metaphor here, it's much harder for you to actually reach that goal. You're focused on a physical goal to activate something that is not induced by physical means. Sure, cleanse, get healthy, all of that, you know, and, and once you do, maybe you'll believe that you're ready. But your ascension or your awakening will only happen when you believe it will. When you know how to use your mind and your emotions in order to activate what is needed for you to come to your truth. Granted, these are wonderful things to do for yourself. I'm not saying they're meaningless at all. These things really matter. I'm just trying to say that they can also present themselves as obstacles that keep you from getting where you need to be in your mind. Your physical state responds to your mental state. And within this middle universe that you create with your thoughts and beliefs. Let's take the um, pills, for example, that we take for our mental states. Let's say pills for depression. Pills will never fix depression. You can ask any doctor or any psychiatrist. It is the truth because you are trying to fix something that is not physical by physical means. It is a temporary fix, all right? So you get what I'm trying to say here. My point is that your body is not a factor here unless you make it truth within your mind. In that case, it will always be true and it will always be holding you back. Now, when it comes to the how, the basic premise is to formulate something that stimulates the mind and emotions in the correct way. And that's going to be coming up probably in the next, the next episode ish. I'm sure. <laughs> um, when, when the witch learns to quote, control the elements, 
Well, today we just teach neophytes how to memorize properties and correspondences of elements and expect them to get somewhere, okay? And I'm not making fun. That was me for a long time. I held those same concepts for years until I began teaching them to others. And when I finally understood what I had been practicing and teaching for so long, I began to teach the psychology of witchcraft instead. The actual purpose of the very specific symbolism is to make the connections within the self and learn to control elements within. That is how we control them outside of the self because that which is below is like that which is above. This is the micro and macrocosm of the self and the world in a nutshell. And the over-repeated words that lose meaning and profoundness the more we repeat them. It is actually much more simple than we think. <laughs> and these are the things that I want to spend the most time on. Going into detail on how to control the emotions, how to call them forth in the world and the self as we would uh, within lost methods of sorcery that have been watered down over millennia um, to the point that we don't actually even understand just how many levels these truths reach to. One of the only remaining true forms of this formula I'm talking about is the study of alchemy. And even still, people have studied it with the intention of literally turning lead into gold, okay? It's the literal interpretations of these studies that trips us up every time. But aside from that, I think the thing that is the most difficult for people to do when it comes to the necessary steps for ascension is letting go of what we know as the absolute truth. Letting go of dogma completely. This is the hardest thing for anyone to really do and it is the actual key to becoming aware of the multidimensional self. I will always say that ambivalence is the beginning of multidimensionality because in order to be multidimensional, to truly be in more than one place at the same time and to separate from the body without causing death, in order to do that, you have got to accept that there is not one truth. Why? Because if you can't think in more than one dimension, how do you expect to be in more than one dimension? <laughs> okay? <laughs> uh, there has to be a time when you're able to accept the possibility that two truths can be truthful at the same time. And I'll tell you, it took me a long time to really let go in that way of everything I held as sacred truth. Uh, I did get a great jump start by involving myself in metamodern philosophical thought patterns. Metamodern philosophy is an amazing subject to study. Essentially, it is, um, it's a philosophy that accepts the questioning of one belief or thought without an absolute truth. Say, for instance, I believe the sky is blue and you believe the sky is red. Within metamodern thought patterns, I will accept that the sky is both blue and red at the same time, while still pondering the very real possibility that it could also be purple, all right? I'll find the validity in all arguments without the need for proving one or the other because they all exist as truth simultaneously, and this is undeniably true 
because of the, the amount of people on the earth. We do not all experience reality in the same way. So everything that every one of us is thinking and feeling and experiencing is the truth. Do you understand? I hope you do. This doesn't, it doesn't really explain metamodern philosophy in its entirety. And there are actually new movements of metamodern spirituality sweeping across the land, which I think is absolutely wonderful. But my point is that it's very well possible to accept two opposing beliefs as reality and exploring all the validity of why they could be both true and false. What metamodern thought patterns do to the mind is give it a space to contemplate those very real possibilities as if they're all true and not true. But more importantly, it gives us a manner of exploration of more than one mind at a time. This isn't about discovering the most likely possibilities of truth, okay? It's about becoming within the mind someone other than yourself. And once you learn to do that, the dimensions of the mind belong to you in a sense that you have become more than what you were or more than oneself, all right? Which is essentially what we are. And we have to be able to think as more than oneself in order to discover more than oneself. You are still you, only now you have the ability to travel interdimensionally through thought. And just like the divine who is both metaphorical and real, you become more aware of the astral self and begin to experience the realities of other dimensions because you're more than oneself, okay? The kundalini awakening or, or whatever you want to call it, it can send you off so much further than you've ever been before. <laughs> But first, learning what it's like to be multidimensional can help you not go completely bonkers once you have the intense ascension experience, all right? Also, studying metamodern philosophy, which gave me those thought patterns, is what helped me induce my own awakening. All it takes is the right subject matter to trigger a thought journey in which everything is true simultaneously, but not just this. It's the questioning, searching, and pondering of all possibilities. Deep, deep contemplation that taps the serpent energy as you begin to sway between all possible truths that are both true and not true at the same time. <laughs> it's your space between worlds, okay? The space of possibility. And it doesn't take a monk meditating on nothing for 50 years it takes you contemplating the entirety of existence in the space of possibility you can look at metamodernism like a prism through which to focus the mind okay and just as we were split from the infinite light of divinity through a prism you can in this way begin to experience the memory of that as divinity itself by splitting the consciousness into both the collective and the whole. It's like Schrodinger's cat, right? You become the cat and the observer of the experiment in a sense. We keep expecting God to be one thing or the other as according to what we've been taught here about God. But God is a paradox, all right? The source of all is a paradox. And to be like the source, 
to experience existence through the eye of God, you must also become a paradox within a paradox that extends eternally. That need to find the right and correct answer is an egoic control mechanism that hinders your progress. And what does this have to do with the title of the video? You're probably asking yourself. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. This is something that the so-called masters of these uh, occult traditions are not telling their students, okay? And I can't presume to know why. No one is really teaching the mechanics of the multidimensional self uh, in, in large groups. <laughs> maybe they are, maybe I just don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's not something, the, the mechanics of multidimensionality is not something that's commonplace among witches. All right, and it's not commonplace in certain circles to just be taught to everybody. And this is the kind of thing that I'm trying to bring to people. We need to be aware of our multidimensional self because everything that is around us, everything that we experience is a choice. And, and we can't make that choice if we don't know how. Okay, so that's what I'm here for. I love you guys. Keep listening because I'm getting, I'm starting to get really close to uh, talking about dimensions in a more specific way and how to activate the multidimensional self so stick with me i just a lot of this stuff is information that i think is important to come to uh realizations of before the actual splitting of the self all right <laughs> so i hope this gave you something to think about i'm gonna go for now i love you guys uh, subscribe or whatever and that would be really really nice <laughs> stay blessed and empowered and I will catch you next time